This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Well, we had a wonderful Easter weekend. We had over a hundred that made commitments to faith and gave their lives to the Lord. I believe it was almost 160 that gave their lives to the Lord. Uh, So many uh, volunteers that were serving. Thank you for uh, stepping up and joining the dream team, serving. I hope that you'll continue to serve and be a part of ministry if you're in person. Uh, If you're still virtual, man, we'd love to get you engaged and hosting and and being involved there uh, in ministry online virtually. But it was just a wonderful weekend, and here we are. Welcome back after Easter Sunday. That's always the success for a pastor. When he sees you come back after Easter, uh, it's exciting. So welcome back, all of you that were visiting for the first time last week. We're glad that you're here. Man, didn't Garen nail it with that spoken word? Man. Well, he just covered in those few minutes the sermon series that we're going to be unpacking the next several weeks, and that is the names of God, and we're going to be going in to the names of God, and the reason we're doing it is because God has revealed himself in every situation by a name, and we're going to look at that today, and by the names of God, he reveals to you and I how he'll be with us in and through that situation. We've titled it AKA, say that with me, AKA. Say it a little louder, AKA, put it in the chat box, AKA, we all know also known as, AKA stands for also known as. It's used to, uh, to introduce somebody, it's uh, to alternative names that they will have, not, not their actual name, but maybe an alias or a nickname or something that they go by, their working name. Uh, uh, somehow we call them by this nickname. Now names are important. We know this. Names are vital. They're important. They matter. They show significance. They show value. They show worth. It identifies a person. There are meanings in names. My name is Thomas Joseph. And every now and then, now my mom gave me two saint names because she wanted me to be a saint, right? (laughs) And and I guess it worked. Thomas Joseph. But every now and then that Thomas comes seeping up. And Thomas was what in the Bible? Doubting Thomas. And every now and then that nature comes up. And I got to remind myself that God is a God of promise. Even if I doubt it or I don't see it or I don't recognize it, that God is in the midst of it. But names matter. Names are important. If you really know somebody, you know them by their name. You call them by their name. It's a gateway to who you are. For example, if you're single, you're a single uh, young man and you're wanting to meet somebody, this young lady that you saw, you're interested and you begin to like break the ice, one of the first things you're gonna ask them is, what is your name, right? I don't know how you're gonna do it, how you're gonna work it in, but you're gonna try to find out their name because names matter. They're a gateway to that relationship. It shows substance and significance of who they are. I mean, in fact, if you continue to date this young lady, this young man, eventually, if you make that decision that you're going to marry, she is going to do what? Change her name. 
She's going to change her name, his, her last name to his name because she believes that she's going to be better off by linking up with him and marrying him. Now, ladies, that is something there. If you don't think you're gonna be better off linking up and marrying him and changing your name, you may not wanna marry him. Can I just hear an amen, right? Little side single uh, uh, note there. But she will change her name. Nicknames characterize many times who somebody is. I mean, if you have the nickname Slim, it might mean that you're thin. That's right. If you have the nickname Red, right, it might mean that you got red hair, right? You, you are fair, red-skinned uh, in some way. You know, names matter. Sometimes if we get called a name, we can get offended, can't we? We get called something and we get offended, right? It's something that we don't like. Many times someone is called junior uh, because they are identifying with somebody. Now, if I start calling out some names, you're gonna recognize it. There's gonna be something that comes to your mind. If I call Bill Gates, it's going to create a lot of thoughts, images. Maybe it's wealth, maybe it's money, maybe it's uh, a lot of other stuff that he does. If I say Warren Buffett, or LeBron James, or Michael Jordan, or Tom Brady, or William Seymour. Do you know that name? William Seymour, I mean, he was the, uh, the, the one that God used, uh, uh, a black preacher in the early 1900s that God used to bring Pentecost into the 1900s, uh, the Azusa Street revival, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that went around the world, and now over, uh, over 30% of believers Believers are Pentecostal believers around the world because of a black preacher that couldn't even sit in the classroom in those days. So he sat outside the classroom, got the lessons, and the Holy Spirit empowered him. Aren't we thankful that God is no respecter of persons and, and tribes, right, and, and ethnicities and color? I mean, God pours out his Spirit on all who come to him. That's just a little side note. David Wilkerson. If I call his name, uh, Billy Graham, if I call his names matter. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at, a.k.a. the names of God. And by the names of God, God was going to give us a glimpse of who he is, a glimpse of his personality, of his character, of his nature. In fact, all through scripture, we heard some of it in the spoken word. There are over 23 compound names for God. There is over 40 compound names of the name Jehovah alone. Now, why so many ways to say God? I mean, we say God in English, and it's just one word. But in Hebrew and in Greek, there's so many different ways to say God. Well, the reason is, is we cannot define God in just one word. G-O-D, God. God has so much more to his nature and his character and his personality. And because of that, God has chosen to reveal himself. Let me say it another way. To show his distinct uh, uh, personality and, and, and the, 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 the different perspectives and nature and character of who he is. The many different aspects of who he wants you to know that he is. Like a diamond. If you got a diamond and, a, and it's a larger diamond, a diamond is multifaceted. There's, there's different cuts to the diamond and each cut brings a different reflection and, and brings out a different facet of that diamond. 
In fact, they say a gold standard or a princess cut diamond has 50 to 58 different facets of cuts to really show the beauty of that diamond. Well, God is like that. God wants you to know him in the, in the multiplicity of who he is. Of all the names, he helps us to understand him. In relationships that we have in life, we can understand it because different relationships have different meanings. I can be a father. I can be a husband. I was a husband before I became a father. Can I hear an amen? A husband, a father, a brother, a son, an uncle, an author. I'm still striving for that. An author, a pastor, a friend, a co-worker, a boss. I mean, every one of these relationships have a different facet, a different feature, a different uh, understanding of that relationship. Well, by the names of God, we're going to understand who God is in the, in the multi-dimensional understanding of God, in the multi-understanding uh, of his nature and, and what he wants to be for you and I. Reminds me of a little boy that was in elementary school and he was drawing a picture. The teacher asked him, what are you drawing? He says, I'm drawing a picture of God. And she says, well, you can't draw a picture of God. Nobody knows what God looks like. And the little boy said to that, well, when I'm done, they will. <laughs> they will know what God looks like. Well, that's our hope over the next several weeks is that you're gonna get to know God. Now, why is this important? It's because a lot of people have a picture of what God is, right? They have a, a picture or an understanding of what they think God is like or who they think God is. And what we want you to understand is though there's many different views that we can have in our human perspective of who God is, that there is a God that's revealed himself and there's power in the names of God because in the names of God shows us who God is in the situations that we will walk through in life. So we're gonna introduce you to the names of God. We can't cover them all. Like I said, there's, there's up to a hundred different uh, uh, compound uh, uh, breakouts of, 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 of the names of God for us. But behind these names that we're gonna bring, there's going to be a, a, a substance and there's going to be something that if you grab a hold onto it, the attribute of the characteristic of who God is, you can begin to hold that no matter what situations that you walk through. You see, you can walk through, and it's, it's really my first point that I'm gonna share with you today, is that you can walk through situations in life with a peace and a confidence as you're walking through them because you know the God, and he reveals himself to you by a, by a name, and you can hold on to that name because it's a characteristic of his being, and you can hold on to that knowing that as you go through it, the God that loves you and created you, the God that sent his son to die on a cross for you, the, the, the God that, that allowed his son to be crucified willingly to die on a cross, and yet there was power, so much power in the, in, 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 in the name of Jesus, and in that moment that he's resurrected that you and I can come to life. You see, when we come to understand these names, it gives you and I power. I wanna pause for a moment, just ask God. In the next few moments, I'm gonna have just an introduction for us, but I wanna pray that over this whole series, and maybe over the next several weeks, maybe in your devotion, why don't you start studying some of the different names of God? 
why don't you begin to look at what some of those names are? We're going to study some, but why don't you go a little bit deeper and study as much as you can? Maybe do one a day or, or three or four a week so that you can begin to understand in the fullness of who he is and how he's revealed himself to you. And it will give you an anchor to your soul. So let's just pray God will use this in our lives over the next few weeks. God, I, I pray now as we open your word, we look at a simple passage and we unpack a, a couple of the foundational names of who you are and who you go by. That God, there will be illumination, enlightenment to our spirit, to our soul, enlightenment to our lives and strength, oh God, that comes by knowing the power of your name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, take your Bibles, click over to Psalm chapter eight. And I wanna just share a couple thoughts with you and give you a couple foundational names of God today. The power of God's name. I've kind of introduced it, but I want you to write it as a point in your outline. The power of God's name is a key, say a key. Turn to someone and say a key. A key to what? To unlocking the treasure of who our God is in every situation that we will walk through in life. Now, our foundational verse or verses that we're going to read is in Psalms chapter 8. I'll jump there in a moment. Proverbs 18 and verse 10, first of all, says this. The name of the Lord, underline that. The name of the Lord is what? A strong tower. Underline it, the name of the Lord. Now we're gonna be looking at, AKA the names of God, why? Because his character is going to relate to no matter what situation that you walk through. It is the treasure of unlocking a peace in your life when you know the God behind that situation that you're in, that you can call on his name in that situation. And it becomes a promise. It becomes a foundation. It becomes a confidence within you and a boldness. Have you been around believers that, man, things are falling apart all around them, but there is something in them that, that is almost as though they're oblivious to what's happening around them. And you look at them in amazement. And in that moment, we can begin to understand that there is a depth of understanding. There is an understanding of who God is and a depth in their relationship with God that holds them in that situation. So the name of the Lord, we're gonna be looking at the name of the Lord. is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. Why this series? Because we believe, oh, we've had some tough times, but evil is increasing and wickedness is increasing and the enemy is roaring and he's seeking to devour and we want you to be safe. And the righteous run. They run to the strong tower and the strong tower is found in the names of God. So over the next few weeks, don't dismiss this, please. Look at it as something that will give you a strength and a shelter in your life. Psalm 111, verse nine, holy and awesome is your name. God has a name in every situation that you're gonna go through and it is the treasure that you can have. No matter what you're going to face, 
you can rely on it and you can discover the power that's there. Look now in Psalm 8. We're going to go to our key passage. You can stay there. I'm going to walk through this chapter quickly. It's only a few verses. Psalm chapter 8 and verse 1. O Lord, our God, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. In all of the earth, you have set your glory, what, above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. How majestic is your name. Over the next few weeks, it's not just about pronouncing the names of God. No, 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 it's about knowing the God that reveals himself to experience him in his nature and how he reveals himself by his name. In the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew chapter 6, we know in the Lord's Prayer, our Father who are, our art in heaven, what hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means you're set apart. There's something that's holy. It's sanctified. Well, the name of the Lord is holy, it's set apart, it's sanctified. Oh, our Father God who is in heaven, hallowed be their name. See, we can't mix the name of God with other uh, names that are all around us. Why? Is because there is something that God desires in you and I to know who he is. It's something that is separated. It's set apart. Maybe you understand this, uh, 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 gentlemen, when you get married... When you get married, you come to know that your wife has two sets of dishes. You have dishes that you can use every day. And then you have dishes that are for those special occasions, right? They're on display. They're, they're, they're lit up in a class cabinet. My wife and I were missionaries in Europe and we found out that one of these China companies, not from China, but this fine dining ware, was made in Italy. My wife wanted to take a vacation to Italy. I thought we were going on vacation to Italy. Lo and behold, there was another agenda. We were going to go to one of these factories. In fact, it was a small town. I mean, you, you would miss it if you didn't know where you were going. And they had all of these fine dining companies. Well, she went to the one called, was it Linux? Linux. Now, I have to admit that it was a lot cheaper. But all of a sudden, we were buying everything. We needed eight or 12, I don't know how many we got of this and of the bowl and of the plate and, and, and the cups and the saucers and, and you know, and, and, and you know we, we saved a lot of money, but now it's on display. I think I've eaten on them about five times in our whole married life, right? About a year ago, my wife said, I think we're gonna start eating on our china. 
<laughs> yeah, that happened, it happened for a few months until one of them got a chip on it and that didn't happen anymore. But you set it apart, right? It's something that you don't use all the time. Well, it's the same with God's name is that we've got to understand that his name is something is to be reverenced. It's something that is to be honored and holy and separated unto who he is for you and I. Can I hear an amen? amen. Look here at our key passage again. Psalms chapter eight, verse three. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? I mean, he's showing us how majestic is his name. So the first thing I want you to write down because I wanna get our worship team back up here in a moment is that it's a key to unlocking the treasure. Now don't miss, the treasure is the revelation of who God is, of his nature and of his being and of his power. No matter what situation that we go through, we can be calling on his name in that situation. That can become a part of our prayer in that situation. It can become something that we keep our eyes on in that situation and it gives us strength. Has anybody ever tried to define you? They think they know you and they start calling you and speaking about you in a certain way and they're defining you, but it's not really who you are. You don't know me. You can't define me like that. But what God is saying is don't try to define me if you don't really know me. Because if you really know me, it becomes a treasure that gets unlocked, that becomes a strength and a power for you no matter what you walk through. I'm camping here because you gotta understand it. It becomes a key for you. Secondly, I want you to write it down. The power of God's name shows us that there is a secret to walking a godly life. The secret to a godly life when we receive the knowledge and the revelation of who he is, and we not only understand it, but we acknowledge it, we embrace it, we receive it, it's something we begin to act upon because it's something that we've taken hold of. Now it becomes the secret to living a godly life for the Lord. So not only does it give me confidence and peace and assurance and strength and power as I go through situations, but now I can walk through life living a godly life that is holy and pleasing to the Lord. Walking uprightly, walking in a way that honors the Lord, living a life that, that brings pleasure to the Lord. And my heart and my soul is at rest because of who he is in my life. So let me give you two foundational names of God. The first foundational name I want to give you, we, uh, Garen talked about it in, in the spoken word, is the name Elohim. In the beginning was God. There in Hebrew, it's Elohim. In the beginning was Elohim, and he created the heavens and the earth. Elohim helps us to understand that we have a God that is a creator God. 
He is a God that is transcendent. What does it mean? Is that he's above, he's removed. He didn't need to be created. He was the creator and he came before time and he created time. He created man, he created us. He is transcendent. He is revealing himself as the creator. He is distinct from his creation. He helps you and I know that he is above and outside of his creation. That's why all through scripture, who is you? Who are you, man, that you should counsel me? For I am Elohim. I am outside of my creations. I see what you cannot see because you see in a limited fashion with a beginning and an end, you see in time, but I do not see in time. I am above and beyond that. I am Elohim. And so he helps you and I to see that he is not constrained by time. No, he created the beginning. God created time, and therefore he precedes it. See, if you and I look at this, we could understand that he could have created something. He couldn't have created it if he was a part of it and needed himself to be created by it. No, he had already existed. Therefore, if time didn't begin until he created it, then he must have been present before it. He was transcendent. He is above and beyond the creation. He's not limited by the constraints of time, nor is he limited by the constraints of a space. That's what I know when I've traveled around the world as a missionary preaching in different cultures and countries and places. I can be hours and hours uh, 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 away and I can be in a church service where I don't even understand the language and yet I can know that Elohim is there. I feel him and I sense him and I understand it, that he is right there and it's the creator God that's right there with me. There's no limitation of space. I can be preaching right now in another church across America at the same time that you're sitting here and God can be there and here. He can be ministering to you just like he's ministering to them at the same time. You see, he transcends all time and space. He is above it and beyond it. A second name that's foundational is the name Jehovah. Now, Jehovah has many compounds of the name, and we're going to be looking at a lot of the compounds of the name Jehovah over the next several weeks. Here, the name Jehovah is the most used in all of Scripture. In fact, over 6,500 times in the Old Testament, Jehovah and one of the compound names of Jehovah is used, and it's God's personal name. It goes all the way back to Exodus chapter three where Moses is in the desert and he comes upon the burning bush and as he comes to the burning bush and God begins to to commune with Moses and he's giving an assignment in that encounter to Moses. Moses says, who shall I say sent me? What is your name? In fact, let me read this to you. In Exodus chapter, in Exodus chapter three, here's the response. God says to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me, Moses, to you. And God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, 
Now, the Lord is Yahweh. And in the Hebrew, it's identified by four letters. Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. In the Hebrew, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. So Jehovah is the personal name of God. It's how God reveals himself to you and I. And going back to the first thoughts that I shared with you, this is really what God does in the word Jehovah and his name Jehovah is in the middle of situations and, 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 and crises and, and things that we walk through. God will reveal his personal name in that situation. Now, sometimes we're looking at the situation, the burning bush, and we're trying to understand what God is doing in the situation of that burning bush. But what God reveals is that we don't just look at the bush, but I want you to get to know me and see what I'm revealing to you in that situation. So the more I know God and the derivatives of his name, that in my situation, then God begins to reveal who he is. But too often I can get too busy. I can be looking at the bush or I can be running by in life too busy and I don't see what God's doing in that moment. There's a burning bush and I ignore it because I've gotten too busy going through life. And so we have to understand that God begins to reveal himself and it helps us to live a godly life. The third and final thing that I share with you this morning, I'm gonna invite our worship team to come back in just a moment because we're gonna to begin to go back into the song that we sang at the very beginning. Because the third thing I want you to understand about the power of God's name is it invokes an all for God. Let's finish reading our passage here. Psalms verse eight, Psalms eight, verse five. You made him a little lower than the, heaven, the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him rule over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. All flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that, sw uh, that swim the paths of the sea. Oh, Lord, our Lord, he says it again, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. I mean, here in verse nine, David it's talking about all that God is and who he is and what he's done and how he is Elohim and created. And here in verse nine, we see that David is in awe of the name of God. That word all does not show up a lot in scripture. In fact, the times that it does show up, it's always linked to how they were in awe of God and what God was doing and supernaturally, how God was moving. And it was linked to a worshipful heart and attitude that they were in awe of the wonders of God. Here, David is in awe of the names or the name of God. Now, let's be reminded, awe means that we admire something. It's, it's something that amazes us. There's an astonishment or a wonder or a wonderment that we're in awe. You could travel the world and see the beauty of what God has created and be in awe. I mean, I've been at the seas of Jamaica, across the Caribbean. I can start mentioning a lot of your, your nations. 
and be there in awe of the beauty that's there. I've been in the mountains of Austria and Italy and Germany. I've been through some of the beautiful places here in America and all of them just bring you to a place of awe, amazement of who God is. But in Psalms chapter eight, it's a psalm of worship. You see, David was a worshiper. In many of the psalms written by David, he's helping us to understand that as we know God, we'll be in awe of God. See, the more we understand who he is by the names that he has revealed himself, the more we begin to worship him. The more we begin to, to, to exalt him and to magnify and to lift up. You see, worship isn't hard when you know the God that you're worshiping. Worship isn't not hard. It's not like we uh, uh, that, are, that are leading you have to try to get you to worship. I heard someone say recently, a pastor, you know, he said, my people just stand there with their hands in their pockets when worship's going on. Man, that's what I love about CLC is that you worship God. And it comes out of a relationship of who God is. Worship begins to bubble up. Why? Because of the love that you have. See, worship comes because you're valuing something. You're adoring it. You recognize it and you celebrate. And because of who he is, you're genuinely worshiping him. Genuine worship. Because of God. And I love it. When we begin to worship and we begin to put God in his rightful place and he's in all in our life, all of a sudden when we worship like that and when we pursue him, all of a sudden we feel the presence of God. That's one of the things I hear most about Christian Life Center is, man, I, I came in and I felt the presence of God. I felt him. He manifested. He was there among us and I knew that he was there. Man, when God begins to manifest his presence and, and you sense the presence of God, can I tell you, God then, as you surrender, begins to release pardon and forgiveness to you. How you've sinned, how you've offended him, what you've done to go your own way as you're worshiping and surrendering and you become a worshiper like David. Man, God begins to bring forgiveness because of the, of the yielding of your heart. Pardon is offered. Man, as we worship God, what happens is God begins to reveal his purpose. God's purpose in your life is his anointing over your life. And every one of us have an anointing from God. It's our gifts. It's our divine design, our shape. And it's that which is released through us, the purpose of God that fulfills God's purpose in and through us as we release it. But it's revealed in worship. It's revealed as we're yielding and we're surrendering and we're worshiping him. In those moments, all of a sudden, God begins to release his power, his anointing, the supernatural comes. The more miracles and signs and wonders that we desire, it will come as we become more of a worshiping church that yields to him because there's power in the name of God. So in this series, over the next several weeks, our goal is to invoke an all of God in your life. The all of God grows as we worship. It's all connected together. That's our goal that's here, is that God begins to show us who he is, and we're in all of his presence. 
Man, when you're in the awe of the presence of God, let me say it again, I don't have to push you to worship. When you're in awe of who he is in every situation in your life, you take a hold of the power that's in his name. We don't have to beg you. There's an excitement. How majestic is your name above all the earth? You're a strong tower, oh God. I mean, people will wait in long lines to get someone's autograph. They'll wait a long time to, to, to get a signature from somebody that they think is important. I remember as a young teenager, I went to a ball game. I went with my dad. We were in San Diego, California. He was in the military, and we were there, and, and we went to a baseball game, Padre game. I was, I was in high school, a teenager, I think, maybe middle school. And I caught a home run ball. I caught a home run ball, and, and so I wanted to get that ball signed. And so after the game, we waited out by the buses where all the players were coming, and uh, I believe it was the, the guy that hit the ball was the one that I got to sign my ball. And his name, a lot of you may not even recognize his name, but he was an up-and-coming. I mean, he was just his first few years. He was an up-and-coming ball player by the name of Daryl Strawberry. I got it signed by Daryl Strawberry. Now, we waited. I mean, I think we waited uh, an hour, an hour and a half. I had to get that ball signed. I don't know where that ball is today. <laughs> so last night, I was a little scared. I got Kanata up on the front pew here for those that, that uh, can't see online. Kanata, I decided I was going to Google how much Daryl Strawberry's signature was. Now, I was a little scared to do it because I was going to be so upset if it was like in the millions and I didn't know where that ball was. But I waited to get that signature. I waited. Because why? You know, we see someone's name might have value to it. The problem is, is, man, we can be a hero today and a zero tomorrow. We can be in lights today and be a nobody tomorrow when we're talking about humanity. Well, Kanad, I took comfort. His signature is only worth about 120 bucks. So I took comfort that, okay, I don't know where that ball is and that's okay. But why do we wait to get signatures? Why do we wait on the red carpet? Why do, we, why do we wait after ball games? Why do we do it? Because we've esteemed them. We value them. We're in all of them. But I'm telling you, man, we got to be in all of God. We got to be in all of who he is. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately today, for many, they worship whatever sports are on television that week. Football, basketball, soccer's about to start up. Inter Miami's about ready to start, right? And and that becomes their church. It's the modern day church. Oh, no one leaves early if it's a close game. If it's going well, I mean, no one's going to get up. And they're not complaining that it was a three-hour game, right? No, 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 no. Why? They adore it. They 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 cheer it. They celebrate it. It's exciting. Now, if they can't get in the stadium, I watched the boxing last night of the, the, the heavyweight uh, title of the world, right? the, the featherweight, whatever, and it was a good fight. And, and, and they only had 500 people inside watching it, masks and everything. That was cool. But man, thousands are at home cheering and watching, and that's become modern-day church. But what I'm telling you, sports are not going to get us into heaven. They're not going to get us there. 
Your favorite player is not going to be there and walk with your you, with you through the circumstances of your life. I've never heard someone call out someone's name and say, he saved my life, man. LeBron got me off drugs. I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know I should start calling names, right? No, it's Jesus. It's God. It's what God does in you and me. So why is worship so hard? Why is it that we're, we struggle to push through? It's because it could be that we don't know him. It could be that we really don't understand him. He's not taking center stage in our life. I want our worship team, come on. Oh, they're already here. Yeah. I want to finish with this verse. Psalm 34. Those that are in the auditorium, stand with me. Psalm 34. Read it aloud with me. Is it on the screen? Read it aloud with me. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Say it loud. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.